from St. Pete to Brandon. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you, Monday morning, Moon Day, one of our top 10 favorite days of the week. And I am happy to report that we are back to abnormal. Yes. Yeah, we we got Dana here. Dana McKay is with us. And James Berlander is back in action here, too, this morning. That is a nice feeling for sure to get back to normal. Yes, for a couple of days anyway, and then we're uh, (laughs) then we got a break for Christmas. Oh yeah, that's right. This is our last full week. Yep. And uh, a lot of folks have the next two weeks off. Yes. Lucky you guys. You don't get the whole thing off, right? No, I'll be running the holiday show here. Oh my lord, that's tough. Well, maybe they'll pay you more. Maybe. We can dream, right? I certainly huh. should. But it's good to get back together here. And if you want to join the crowd, give us a call at 800-969-9352. Or you can text us at 82945. Or if you've got the iHeart app on your phone, you can get in touch with us that way. Yep, leave us a message. Just tap that little microphone and you can leave us a message up to 30 seconds long. Sounds good. How did the Bucks do yesterday? Oh, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> well, they finished in second place. That's not too bad. Well, bad as they played, they should have been in third or fourth place in that game. That was horrible. 35 to 7. Oh, I know. It was real bad. Man, that's. And believe it or not, they are in a position now to make the playoffs. It's ridiculous. Yeah, one game, I'm sure, and it'll be one and out. Yeah. This ain't going to be no Super Bowl year, I guarantee you that. But, uh, I mean, I don't know why they've gotten so bad. Yeah, I don't know either. In maybe, so many areas. We've got Aaron Jacobson coming in in a little bit. Maybe he can explain it to us. Yeah, he'll be here in the uh, next half hour talk about that. And, of course, the good group is the... Tampa Bay Lightning, they're doing fairly well. And they'll be playing here tomorrow night with the Kraken. It's the Seattle Kraken. That's the craziest name. Yeah. You're wondering what a Kraken is. Exactly. It's not like a Ritz Kraken or something like that. It's a <laughs> sea monster. All right. The sea monsters will be here tomorrow night. Oh, meanwhile, the uh, Buccaneers... We'll be hosting the Bengals next Sunday at 4.30. I don't think I want to see that. But um, it is nice to be back home. We spent a week up north in Rahway, New Jersey. How did you end up in Rahway, New Jersey? We went with some uh, close friends of ours, and they had gone with Joy and I up to my hometown of Logan, West Virginia, a couple of years ago in a little tiny town, about 5,000. Of course, you got all the coal camps out throughout the county, but uh, Rahway is a town of 30,000, but uh, pretty tough. The highlight of the 
place was you could look across the water and see the Manhattan skyline. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, That's that was terrific. Outside New York City. Did you get any snow while you were up there? I know it's snowing up north right now because my friend's in New Jersey, and she posted pictures this morning of snow all over the car. Yeah, uh, we were very lucky because it had been predicted it was going to rain all week, mm-hmm. and it didn't rain at all until we left, until after we got out of there, and then they got rain, and now they got the snow as well, so it was nice to boogie on out of there right you got out just in time when we did yep for sure <laughs> hey one thing we'll be talking about here a little later is uh well it's a story that dana got did we have this did we put this story out oh i don't know which one you have the state bird squabble returns to the legislature in 2023 oh well i know you've talked about it quite a bit but now it is actually on the agenda for when Uh, they meet at the beginning of the year that is great Mm -hmm. and they are getting rid of the northern mockingbird they're talking about it but did you see which bird they want to they want to do it's a really pretty bird actually it's called a scrub jay which is a relative of the blue jay it's a beautiful bird yeah it's and it's native to florida yes the only place, unlike the northern mockingbird, which is in four other states. Right, the northern mockingbird. Northern. Why do you call it northern <laughs> yeah. when you're the most southern state? <laughs> but fortunately, we are going to get it changed and hopefully uh, be able to allow the school kids all over Florida to vote on which bird they think it ought to be, whether the scrub jay or a pelican or a, my favorite is the ibis, but... Right, um, you want a seabird, which makes sense because we're surrounded. Because yeah, we've got more coastline than, well, first or second most coastline in the country. It's 5-11, time to check in with John Thomas in traffic. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Chris Trinkman here from the newsroom. And what do we got going on this morning, Chris? Well, good morning, Jack. A Libyan man suspected in the 1988 bombing of Pan Am Flight 103 over Scotland is now in U.S. custody. A Department of Justice spokesperson says the alleged operative expected to make an appearance in U.S. District Court. The bombing killed 270 people, including 35 Syracuse University students who were returning home for the holidays after a semester abroad. Yeah, this guy should have been dealt with a long, long time ago, and he should have been executed. I mean, easily. What do you do to a guy that kills that many people? He's a terrorist, a terrorist, and he's ending up now in this country. I love the name here, Abu Agela Masud Kir al-Marimi. You're a braver man than I, Jack. I, I didn't even want to try that. Well, I was thinking, if wonder if he has business cards. Yeah. You know, the, <laughs> they're this, about that big. This incident, Jack, is considered really the beginning of sort of modern day terrorism. You know, in the 70s, we had hijacking of planes and there were some other incidents, but this was really one of the first ones where terrorists were willing to just kill innocent people for the sake of their cause. Yeah, 1988. Began, that's right. And it began a series of uh, these kinds of events, unfortunately, uh, leading up to the 2001 terror attack here in the U.S., uh, which killed thousands of people. So, yeah. you know, it really began a, a terrible time. And you're right, it's it's been a long time coming for these people to be put to justice. 
and he still has not been. It's up to us now to do something about that, but that is just crazy. And um, let's hope they do the right thing and punish this guy properly for what he did. Yeah, I can't imagine being the families who have waited all these decades for some sort of finality to the whole incident. So NASA's Orion spacecraft is back on Earth following its weeks-long flight around the moon. It splashed down off the coast of Baja, California on Sunday, and it completed its 25-and-a-half-day mission successfully. It covered 1.4 million miles after launching from the Cape on November 16th, and NASA hopes to use the Artemis 1 mission to eventually get the astronauts back on the moon. Yeah, no humans on this, but they had dummies on there that they'd gotten from Congress. That's right. So hopefully they can do it for real just as safely as they did with this uh, uh, dummy test flight. Well, the great thing is that ultimately uh, this is the beginning of what it's going to take to put people on the moon. Yeah, maybe we could have a moon base up there. Yep, We could spend sure. holiday, holiday, you know, staring out at the, uh, the moon dust. <laughs> yeah, they say it'll probably happen by the end of the decade. <laughs> we'll see, Jack. I, you know. You're more optimistic than I am. <laughs> so an effort to reform the property insurance industry begins today in Tallahassee. Lawmakers are meeting in a special session. They made calls for citizens' insurance customers to be required to buy flood insurance. This, of course, follows Hurricane Ian, uh, which uh, devastated southwest Florida. The plan also requires insurance companies to approve or deny a claim within 60 days, and it would change the lawsuits that homeowners file against insurance companies the insurance companies claim that there's too much litigation in their industry yeah this is pretty complex pretty complicated to say the least on uh you know working with the insurance companies and of course they're trying to save as much money as they can and yeah people are trying to get what they think they deserve well one of the controversial uh, proposals is a billion dollar bailout for the insurance industry which will be funded by taxpayers uh, some people say that it's not the taxpayer's fault that these companies have been uh, managed in this way and they shouldn't have to pay for their uh, survival. But uh, the industry says if they don't get any money, they may not be able to do business in the state. So uh, we'll see where lawmakers stand when they meet uh, later this morning. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one. So Tom Brady's return home couldn't have gone much worse, Jack. The rookie quarterback Brock Purdy made his first career start and he led the 49ers to a 35 to 7 win over the Bucks, a you know struggling Brady, uh times embarrassed with, you know, bad plays. Uh they even had a a, a touchdown pass that was called back. It was one of the highlights. Yeah. It's kind of sad when you, your highlight is is a play that didn't count. Yeah, that uh because of a penalty. That's right, because of a penalty. So the Bucks dropped to 6 and 7. But you know what? They're still in first place. Yeah, that's in the a NFC horrible South. division. <laughs> and and as it stands right now, they'll be in the playoffs. Yeah, with a home game. For one game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. That'll be about it. But you know, they got to do something. Horrible. Yeah, they got to do something if they want to be a, a contender in the, uh, in the playoffs. I think a lot of people watching that game are thinking, well, maybe it's time for Tom to retire. Yeah, and, and what, yeah, but what do we have after that? Well, we got four <laughs> games left, and then one playoff game. <laughs> yeah, enjoy it while you can, because um, yeah, it'd be a real surprise if if Brady comes back to a team uh, like this one. But you know, the, part of the problem, Jack, is you know, 
the Super Bowl is now a, a couple of years ago, and, and some of these players are older. They don't have Gronk. And, um, you know, when you have injuries to, to key locations like the offensive line and, and your receiver core and all that, uh, you know, it, it just makes it tougher for uh, Brady to get the job done. He's used to having a great offensive line Oh yeah, know, throughout his career. Certainly so. doesn't have it here. Not this year. Well, anyway, Chris will have more here at the bottom of the hour in nine minutes. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thanks, Chris Jack. Frankman. And it's 521. Time to check in with John Thomas. And I think we got a problem on the uh, Howard Franklin, if I'm not mistaken. Live on the free iHeartRadio app, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And Dana McKay. And we've got Mr. James Berlander back with us, too. So we're kind of back to abnormal here. It's 525. And uh, this this story is incredible, and a lot of people are very upset about it, but Joe Biden traded the world's most notorious arms dealer for the WNBA player Brittany Griner. And a lot of Americans are very upset about it. And, um, of course, Biden said great things about Griner, and for those who aren't aware, she was one of those who refused to stand for the national anthem took a knee well it should be interesting to see now that she's home and you know this country got her out of there first of all seeing how bad things are in russia um and also the fact that you know we brought her home will she show some respect yeah and she was stopped over in russia on drug possession charges yes I mean, that would happen in this country. Well, uh, so she had CBD oil, which is legal uh, recreationally in some places. Medicinally, it's legal in Florida. So the laws there are definitely different and a lot more harsh. Uh, She probably should have known better than to bring drugs to a country like Russia. Yeah. The punishment was pretty severe. Um, But yeah, definitely not a fair trade. But we traded... Reiner for Victor Bout, an arms dealer who's been nicknamed the Merchant of Death, mm-hmm. who was sentenced to 25 years in prison for trying to sell Colombian terrorists missiles as part of a plot to kill U.S. officials. This guy is free and back home. Yeah. Well, he only had five years left on his sentence, so that's one of the five things. Five years, yeah. though. That's what he right. should have been serving. Right. I mean, he should have been executed for trying to kill Americans, for mm. plots to kill Americans. This country is crazy. <laughs> it is and a little crazy. It's getting crazier under Biden. Well, and now it just makes things more dangerous for Americans traveling to these countries that want to hurt us because they saw how easy it was. You know, you to just, get out of to here. Get out, yeah, to get their prisoners back. Yeah, and Biden praised Griner. Uh, he said, she represents the best about America, just across the board, everything about her. I'm thinking, what? You idiot? <laughs> My Lord. But yeah. conservatives uh, went out to free a, well, the statement says a homosexual basketball player. While, And this is the worst part of it. Uh, they've got that Marine Paul Whalen, who the Russians convicted on bogus espionage charges back in 2016 yeah. and he's been held in captivity and yet they bring her out and leave him there mm-hmm. 
We are a stupid nation. <laughs> My Lord. Merchant of death. The guy that is now free to cause more death to Americans. Right. Well, you know, his attorney says Americans have nothing to worry about and that he doesn't plan to get back involved in, you know, selling weapons, that he just wants to go and be with his family now. Oh, yeah. That's so <laughs> wonderful. Sure. sure that he will pass up any money that he might have earned. Well, um, the, uh, I mean, they look back at the... 13 service members that we had left in Kabul that got bombed by a suicide bomber and uh, thousands of Americans behind Taliban lines so we could have a withdrawal deadline. I mean, it's crazy what's happening now in Washington. Mm -hmm. Keeps getting crazier. Yep, it sure is. It's 528 on AM Tampa Bay. Live on 99.1 FM in Pasco County. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 537 and we got our sports expert in here, uh, Aaron Jacobson. And Aaron, I think the Bucks finished second. They finished. Is there a third place when there's only two teams, Jack? Because that's I'll put them at third place, or maybe fifth or sixth. That's how bad it was yesterday oh, in San Francisco. I don't know what's going on. I don't have any answers for you today. If you have questions, I don't have answers. And yet, right now they're going to be in the playoffs, first place in the division, and in fact, they can lose next week to Cincinnati and still be in first place in the division. That's how bad it is. Yeah, they've still got four regular season games left. So if they win, what, three of them? If they win actually two of them, because one of them is going to be against the Panthers, the other one against the Falcons in the division. So they actually can lose, I believe, the next two games as well and then win the last two and win the division. I don't know how. Oh, brother. Well, the Bolts have been doing a little better. Yes, Steven Stamkos, number 496. He is inching closer to his fifth, uh, 500th goal in his career. And well, you know, I mean, you go back with Stamkos way back to when he was a, a teenager here and yeah. just, uh, you know, a young kid just trying to find his way in Tampa. Always great with the kids doing. Oh, he was fantastic. I got to work with him a couple of times at uh, St. Joseph Hospital events. And you know, he's the best. He is. I mean, I just remember that time that everybody was trying to mob him, and I, you know, he was supposed to later sign autographs. And I'm saying, okay, you all get back, get back, you'll get a chance later. And he said, that's okay, that's okay. He's got about four kids on his lap. Yeah, and those uh, those signatures are going to be worth a lot of money one day because you know he's starting to trail off. A couple of years ago, he was hit, having some injuries, and the Lightning were winning because they had all these great pieces. But Steven Stamkos has kind of fallen behind with the injuries. He's had a resurgence. He's healthy. He is uh, one of the best in the league again. And Jack, I think when it's all said and done, we'll be talking about one of, if not the greatest, Tampa athletes fleet of all time could Tampa be Bay. very well could be yeah and they host the krakens the sea monsters bring <laughs> on the night. sea monsters From the kraken seattle <laughs> yep seattle's got a hockey team now the kraken will be in town so uh the lightning looking a little better than the tampa bay buccaneers season uh they might win a division jack but the season's probably over for the bucks yeah i do think that's pretty much the case when they get into that first playoff game i mean with the way they've been going that's terrible. I mean, you know, people were looking forward to uh, what would be Brady's 
last year or next to last year or something like that. I think he may be retiring after this year. Either that or he might go to a different organization because it's not happening right here. Yeah, he's not getting much protection. Well, anyway, Aaron will be on down the hall here and uh, from 6 till 9. Yeah, it's one of those times, you know. (laughs) WFLA, switch over when you can. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. Thank you, Aaron. Good to talk to you, my man. (laughs) It's 5.40 and time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Now. Taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And this day in history is presented by the Duncan Duo. This day in history, December 12th, 1787, Pennsylvania became the second state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. 1862, in the American Civil War, the USS Cairo sinks on the Yazoo River. A lot of Americans were killed then. 1870, Joseph H. Rainey of South Carolina became the second black U.S. congressman. 1901, Guillermo Marconi got the first transatlantic radio signal, the letter S in Morse code, and that was at Signal Hill in St. John's, Newfoundland. 1917, Father Edward J. Flanagan founded Boys Town as a farm village for wayward boys. It's out near Omaha, Nebraska, having visited there. 1941, World War II, 54 Japanese A6M-0 fighters raided Batangas Field in the Philippines, and uh, fighter pilots fended them off. But a couple of important people were killed then, Americans again. 1941 in the Holocaust, Adolf Hitler declared the imminent extermination of the Jews at a meeting at the Reich Chancellery. 1945, the People's Republic of Korea is outlawed in the South by order of the U.S. Army military government in Korea. 1979, coup d'etat of December 12th occurred in South Korea. 1985, an Aero Air Flight 1285, a McDonnell Douglas DC-8, crashed after takeoff in Gander, Newfoundland, killing all 256 people on board, including, get this, 236 members of the Army's 101st Airborne Division. In 2000, the U.S. Supreme Court released its decision in Bush versus Gore, and of course, Bush won that one. 2015, the Paris Agreement relating to United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change is adopted. More boneheads who think they can change the climate. (laughs) Yep. And finally, and I remember this one well, this actually happened on yesterday, December 11th, 1977, the Buccaneers broke their infamous 26-game losing streak in New Orleans versus the Saints, and I was there for that one. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I was broadcasting for the Bucks back then, 
and that was unbelievable. I think it was the defense that scored, well, they scored most of the points, if not all of them, for us by intercepting passes and running them back for touchdowns. Oh, nice. That made for an interesting game. Yeah, and the uh, Saints were pretty lame then, and that day was incredible because, well, first of all, Hugh Culverhouse, the uh, owner of the Bucks, almost missed the bus going back to the airport. Oh, geez. And I had to run out and stop him and <laughs> say, wait, you've left Culverhouse here. <laughs> and they picked him up, but when we came back, this town was going crazy. Oh, I'm sure after losing 26 games and finally winning. We won that one, and we won the last game of the season against St. Louis here. That was our first home game win. But the funny thing is when we landed, people were, I mean, hundreds, maybe thousands of people came to the airport. The airport was packed with people expecting to see the Bucks. And our plane landed, and a bus picked us up out on the tarmac. Mm-hmm. And we took off and went back to one buck place, which at that time was near where International Plaza is now. Mm-hmm. And um, But, I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds of people on that street as well. I mean, it was incredible. This town went nuts over. <laughs> we finally won. We finally got a win. And then finally, the next game, <laughs> the uh, St. Louis was playing here, so that was our first home game win. So we lost or won the last two games of that season, and then got a little bit better as we went on. But yep. I mean, we had some great players then. Um, who was it, Steve? Um, well, wait a minute, I'm having trouble thinking who. Yeah, well, I don't, of course I don't we know. had I don't Leroy know. Selman that went on to become a Hall of Famer, among others. But that was a great day when the Bucks broke their 26 game and the worst streak anybody has ever had. It's 549, and if you're looking to get your home sold guaranteed for top dollar, Go with a team that's listed and sold the most homes in the Tampa Bay area, over $3 billion in total sales. The Duncan Duo team knows the Tampa Bay market. They're not based in Atlanta, and they're not a Wall Street hedge fund company. They're a local team that lives, works, and gives right here in the Bay Area. The Duncan Duo team will guarantee your home sold in 14 days, like they've done for close to 20 years. Visit them at DuncanDuo.com. It's 5.50, and time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. On air and online at WFLANews.com. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And at 5.53, Rory O'Neill joins us now, our NBC News radio reporter. And we were talking earlier, Rory, about this guy they've got who was responsible for the Lockerbie bombing and how crazy it is that basically he's a free man now. Um, the Lockerbie man, he's going to be, he's in jail now and he's going to be going to court today. The, Lo- the Lockerbie bombing suspect, Abu Aguila Masood, 
Oh yeah, I'm again. I was just thinking. Yeah, they I think we've got your two traded right, for two different stories. Reiner, yeah. So the Lockerbie bombing suspect. I think next week is the 34th anniversary of this uh, explosion. And he's 259 people on the plane. 11 people from Lockerbie, Scotland, were killed on the ground uh, when the wreckage of that Pan Am jet fell to the ground. Uh, so about two years ago, just as Bill Barr was leaving office as Attorney General, he announced the criminal charges against Abu Aguila Massoud. Well, over the past month or so, or two months, the Libyans finally got him into custody, and now he is in American custody. So he is expected to face a judge in Washington, D.C., perhaps as early as today, facing criminal charges for actually making the explosive that was put on that Pan Am flight from Heathrow to New York. Rory, what took so long? Well, a lot of it was just finding him uh, was a big part of it. Secondly, trying to get cooperation with Libya has never really been all that easy. Uh, he was arrested by authorities in Tripoli. Uh, don't forget, this guy was essentially you know, working under orders of Omar Gaddafi. Um, so you know, he was helping to hide him as well for all these years. There was an interview that was found where Massoud allegedly, well, he essentially admitted to making the bomb, setting a timer on it for 11 hours then getting that suitcase bomb smuggled onto the plane with the help of two other people. Uh, it, one of the other people in this case uh, has already been convicted. Um, he died from cancer while, while, uh, while in prison. Uh, but th- so this is a big get for the families, though, to find the man who actually made the bomb. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, this is crazy. I mean, he should have been executed a long time ago. That's... Um, Unbelievable. Yeah, I think it was the worst mass murder in British history, is how they described it. Uh, again, 259 on the plane. 35 of them were from Syracuse University coming home after a semester abroad. Uh, and again, 11 people on the ground were killed as well. So you also have jurisdictional issues. You know, Scotland wants to try the guy. England, there were, I think, people from 11 different countries on the plane. They all want a piece of this guy, but uh, it looks like we'll get him. Yeah, and I just hope we can do something proper with him at this point and you know it's going to take a long long time right again this was 34 years ago next week uh, I, I've, I've been trying to find his age haven't been able to do it he, he appears to be in his 60s ish somewhere in that age range 50s or 60s yeah he'll probably die of old age before anything happens to him that's likely but you know federal death penalty goes a lot faster than a state death penalty um, so perhaps it's an option well, let's certainly hope so. Rory, are you a Buccaneers fan? Uh, no, I'm a Patriots fan, so oh. I don't get oh. that team at all. <laughs> so are you a Tom Brady fan still <laughs> I had or a no? I smile on my face last night as I was watching that, that game unfold. Well, you know, it's funny because I'm from, I grew up in the Boston area. My family, all Patriots fans, but they're still Tom Brady fans. They don't feel abandoned I know, by I him. I can't do it. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. That's really I'm interesting. I'm from Rhode Island, and I just can't. Yeah. No, I can't. Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. <laughs> well, thank you, Rory. Rory O'Neill, our NBC News Radio reporter on Twitter, at Radio Rory, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, thanks, Jack. All right. 557 on AM Tampa Bay. From Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. 
And a good morning, Monday morning here at six minutes after six with dashing, darling, and dependable Dana and jovial and judicious James and your jocular Cracker Jack, Crack Jock Jack, all together for the first time in a while. And you can join us at 800-969-9352 if there is anything you would like to talk about here this morning. We got some uh, birthdays. Guy fairly well known in Tampa, Ray Shermati, uh, Mer- Mercedes DeMaio, and a guy very well known around these parts, his family, Paul Wilson, who's the brother of Mark Wilson at 13, and Patrick Wilson, the um, movie star and the son of John. So happy birthday to Ray and Mercedes and Paul. Have you got any birthdays? I do. I have Gina Coletti Green, a friend of mine from childhood, and Jen Richer. And how about you, James? I've got Andy Riggs, Bianca Bodish, and Mark Lorenzo today. So we got a total of nine all together. That's good. We got some celebrity birthdays too. Uh, Mayim Bialik is 47. She was on the show Blossom, Big Bang Theory. She was in the movie Beaches when she was a kid, and she's now the host of Jeopardy. Uh, Dion Warwick is 82, and Bob Barker, 99 today. Hmm. Bob Barker, I got to work with him one time back in the old days when I had my TV show at Bush Gardens. We had him down there as a guest. Well, here's a Wayne Greenberg joke. Uh-oh. Bad as this is. <laughs> <laughs> the only cow in a small Kentucky town stopped giving milk. And the people did some research and found that they could buy a cow just across the state line in Illinois for $200. And they brought the cow from Illinois. And the cow was great. It produced lots of milk all of the time. And the people were happy. And they decided to acquire a bull to mate with a cow to produce more cows like it they wouldn't have to worry about a milk supply again they bought the bull and put it in the pasture with the beloved cow however whenever the bull tried to mount the cow the cow would move away no matter what approach the bull tried the cow would move away from the bull and couldn't succeed in his quest and the people were upset decided to ask the vet who was very wise what to do and they told the vet what was happening, and they said whenever the bull tries to mount our cow, she moves away, and if he approaches from the back, she moves forward. When he approaches her from the front, she backs off, and an attempt from the side, she walks away to the other side, and the vet thought about it for a minute and said, did you by chance buy this cow in Illinois? And the people were dumbfounded since no one had ever mentioned where they bought it and said, you're truly a wise vet, yes. They said, how did you know we got the cow in Illinois? And the vet said with a distant look in his eye, uh, my wife is from Illinois. That is bad. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> our, our apologies for that one. And let's see, I'm bound to have something better. Can I tell mine? It's real quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my husband said I should start doing lunges to stay in shape. That would be a big step forward. <laughs> i've got a tiny one too. a lunge i like that <laughs> and what have you got james so what do robots use for cologne for cologne let me think robots uh i don't know wd-40 wd-40 yep 
Wait I mean, a I guess. I'm missing something. <laughs> I mean, WD-40 is like a, you know, it's, you spray on things to yeah. loosen them up. So, but yeah. That's for Cologne. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, if you've got a better one, call us, please. It's almost 6-11. Time to check in now with John Thomas and Traffic. In the darkest times, he is a beacon of hope. When common sense is needed in a mad world, a voice for Americans, a voice for America. This is Lionel on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And the reason we love Mondays, because Lionel is here with us now. The Emmy Award-winning personality at LionelMedia.com. And what's on your mind this morning, Lionel? Let me get down to brass tacks because we never have enough time. (laughs) The TikTok files is a limited hangout. I'm sorry, Twitter. What am I saying? Twitter files is a limited hangout. And Jack, you being intel for years in the war will know this. But for those who don't, limited hangout is when information is presented to you, giving you the impression that this is all there is. You will react accordingly, and then you will go away. When the real information never made it to the surface. Now, you've been following, I'm sure, with bated breath, every drop, every instance of this Barry Weiss and Matt Taibbi drop. Am I correct, Jack? I'm going to assume that's true. Oh, yeah. I can't can't get away from it. crazy about this. Now, here's the issue. What have they said that is against the law? What have they done... That is against the law. Nothing. Nothing. Is is a 970 WFLA biased? Yes. Well, let's assume it is. Is that against the law? No. Nothing. Do you let people not come on the air? Let's assume you do. Is that against the law? No. Maybe you're liberal or maybe you're conservative. Now. If I can show that you met with Mayor Castor or Ron DeSantis and you met with him and he said, listen, my number one political arch enemy keeps going on your show. I want you to shut him down. You would say, great, I'll do it. Now there's state action. Now there's a violation of the First Amendment. Why? Because the government actually had a role in this. So all this stuff about Twitter and whatever, I mean, it's terrific, and it's great, and they were biased. But unless and until you have the government telling them what to do, not advising them, not advising them, does 970 WFLA ever meet with the Tampa Police Department? For ver- Of course. To find out what's going on? Of course. You remember years ago when there was a guy, that, that terrible, that uh, uh, Choba Oba Chandler, remember that? The guy who killed those kids, remember this? Yeah. He threw those, that daughter, uh, the, the mother and her two daughters into, the, into Tampa Bay. I used to talk to the uh, police uh, officials and to try to catch this guy when, when, when I was on the air. We met with him. We had him on the air. We always work with police and to, to help. But nobody ever told me what to say. Nobody ever said, don't have these people on. So whenever you read something about the latest installment, and by the way, Jack, do you find it interesting that all of the information that has been revealed so far, we kind of knew about Twitter? Everything. 
Do we know they, they shadow ban Trump? Yes. Do we know they ban Trump? Yes. And, and when you have two people like Barry Weiss and Matt Taibbi who are given this information, given here, write about this, you should be suspicious of that. Jack, remember the Pentagon Papers? Of course, oh, yeah. kids don't. But Daniel Ellsberg basically uh, uh, reported and published that which everybody already knew. But people consider it to be, oh, this great exposure. It's called a limited hangout. And all I want to know is simply this. Thanks for all these great stories, and thanks for these elevation of the white knight, the, the hero Elon Musk. I love it. But show me how the CIA, FBI, DNI, somebody got together with them and said, we are going to stifle the individual speech of American citizens by the direction of the government. Short of that, this is nice, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I'm going to say this in conclusion. While Twitter is being exposed, Facebook, Google, YouTube, Instagram, everything remains even worse. They're even more constrictive of individual free speech. They're not getting the memo. They're not doing anything. All focus is on Twitter. And when Twitter is exposed, the proles, the proletariat will walk back and say, oh, we've, we've finally exposed it. There. Now we can sleep at peace. Wrong. What about the others? This, this shadow government, this, this invisible government that controls our everyday life, is so entrenched in us. It will always be there. And this is just, this is just icing on the cake. This is a front. This is a, this is a limited hangout. This is the deliberate deception to make you think that at long last, you know, the bad guys have been uncovered. At long last, we figured this out. No, at long last, we're told that which we already knew. <laughs> it's like, remember years ago when they said wrestling is fake? <laughs> Finally, they exposed it. What? Exposed what? Or guess what? There is a mafia. Really? You're <laughs> kidding. That's what this is. But, Jack, listen, who cares? Now, the next time we're going to talk is what? 2023? Is that it? Is that what I hear? Uh, let's see. There you go. Oh, my Lord, that's, that's right. I think, yeah. I'll tell you what, Jack, trying to figure out your schedule is like, forget it. <laughs> you know, there's a busman's holiday, banker's holiday, then there's Jack's holiday. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? You know, I hadn't every even... man seen his birthday, we're off. Well, but come Jack, down and visit here in your old hometown 20, sometime. 2022 was nothing compared to 2023. You have no idea. Get ready. Jack, on behalf of a great formation, thank you and the entire staff. Happy New Year, my friend. Merry Christmas. That's right. Merry Christmas. Well, thank we'll see you next year, thank Jack. You, and thank Lionel. you for all that you've attempted to do. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you, sir, because we look forward to Mondays because of you. And that's uh, LionelMedia.com. And I uh, follow him on what is Twitter, and I don't know. I just read it every day. At Lionel Media, I'm yep. guessing. <laughs> But good stuff. Great to talk to him. And he's from here. It's 621. Time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. Live on 94.5 FM in Pinellas County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 625 and time to check in with Aaron Real, our NBC News Radio reporter. And, um,. We understand severe weather in the last several years is causing consumers to have to pay billions more 
in utility charges. Is that true? Yes, it's absolutely true, Jack. So electricity and gas utilities are increasingly turning to these lower interest rate payer back bonds. They're doing this to finance all of the mounting investment they need to fix and bolster the systems that have been really decimated by hurricanes, wildfires, winter freezes, you name it. The issue is unique to where you are, but the fact of the matter is there probably was an issue. And and customers, they're on the hook for repaying these loans. And the payback period, it could stretch for as long as 30 years. So in the past year alone, there's been roughly $12.5 billion in weather-related utility debt that customers will have to pay, and it's been issued here in the U.S. So how it works, Jack, is that utilities issue the bonds, which are usually AAA rated, and with the cash coming from a line item fee on the customer's utility bill, they then are able to basically pay for the repairs that need to be done. And additional costs, they're tacked on from securitization that can range anywhere from 1% to nearly 13% of the average customer bill. Wow. So, Aaron, what are the power, what are these companies doing to, like, is there a way to improve the technology to make things stronger so that this doesn't keep happening? Do you know what they're doing to try to keep these costs lower? Well, it depends which utility company and where. Always burying the power lines is a good idea, whether it's winter freezes or hurricanes. But one example in Florida, you know, the, the state's largest utility company, the Florida Power and Lighting Co., They said in October that they plan to recover over a billion dollars from customers in order to pay for damages from Hurricane Ian. So that cost recovery would take an estimated 21 months starting in April. Will they do? Obviously, you want to prepare for the next storm and after a a Category 4 hurricane, which devastated so much of Southwest Florida, they're going to do what they can and and use the most up-to-date technology. But they have to pay for it. And as rates are going to go up, and it's actually, believe it or not, this type of securitization, it results in a lower monthly cost for customers than the traditional financing mechanisms of just going out and getting a loan. Boy, I'll tell you, it is really tough on uh, folks that lived in southwest Florida as a result of Ian losing power for such a long period of time. I mean, just hard to even imagine. Indeed, and then having to rebuild all those systems, it's very, very costly, which is why we're seeing this this increase in securitization as a, as a type of vehicle to raise money to do it, again, as opposed to the loans. And, and as you see climate change happening and the devastation that it's bringing, these, you know, once-in-a-century occurrences are happening now once every 18 months or even less than that. So it's just getting more and more costly. Well, Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter, will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Oh, you too. Hey, the Duncan Duo team at REMAX need to sell your home fast, and the Duncan Duo team guarantees your home sold in 14 days. If you're in foreclosure or behind in payments or just need to get your home sold fast, hire the team that's listed and sold the most homes in the bay area over three billion in total sales now there's a big difference between getting the lowball offers from out-of-town wall street hedge fund companies and getting your home sold guaranteed for top dollar by the local team at the duncan duo check them out at duncanduo.com it's 629 on am tampa bay 
Let's Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 6.37, Dana's got our dope of the day. Well, there's actually two dopes in this story. You know, sometimes they come in pairs. Yes. Um, Well, if you're going to sell illegal psychotropic drugs, you probably shouldn't set up a storefront and call it the Shroom House. (laughs) Two men in Portland, Oregon are facing 10 counts of money laundering and 10 counts of unlawful delivery of a controlled substance after their Shroom House store was raided by the Narcotics and Organized Crime Unit. So what tipped them off? Well, I mean, aside from the words Shroom House on the front, this place was so hopping, everybody wanted to go there to get their, you know, mushrooms, um, that the traffic started backing up onto the roads in the area, and the other businesses and the residents called the police and said, what's going on here? There's traffic every day. It's crazy. And so the police showed up to, uh, to check it out, and they realized that these guys were running a, you know, psychotropic mushroom house right out of a store. Right in a shopping plaza. Oh, brother. Yeah, a little dopey. Man, that would be very dopey. <laughs> yes. To say the least. Who's our other dope of the day? Oh, I've only got. Oh, so there were two guys working together on oh, that. Oh, yes. two dopes. Yes, the two dopes <laughs> okay. working together in one story. I've only got one story today. Sometimes okay. there's a lot of them, though. <laughs> uh, how true that is. I'm just glancing here to see if uh, no, all of the dopes I see here in Washington. <laughs> Yep, there's a uh, lot of dopes there too. Congress, Florida team. Now, oh, one thing we got to get into. Maybe we can do it tomorrow. Is about sex education. Some people are complaining about it being taught in the schools, and others are saying it needs to be taught to kids. Well, I think there's always been, you know, kids need to know what's going to happen with their changing bodies. They need to know this. Not all parents are going to be responsible enough to teach their kids in the right way. So they want to teach kids. But where do you draw the line? How much do they need to know and when? Where did you learn about it? Um, So I learned... Oh my gosh, it's like a it's like a bad memory. <laughs> I remember my mom and her best friend sat me down at the table when I was probably in third grade, and they knew that the the talk was coming at school, so they wanted to prepare me. And they sat me down and started explaining, you know, what would happen to my body and about the Lord. man and the woman. And I was like, ah! we we never <laughs> yeah. had that in school. <laughs> yeah, no, at and, all. And, and then it was shortly after that that they started talking about it at school and looking back on it you know it was a very uncomfortable moment but i appreciate that i had a warning from my mom and her friend and i think my mom was too you know kind of uncomfortable with it to do it so her friend ended up uh ended up being the one to do most of the talking i learned it from older buddies yeah well and see that's what they don't want is they don't want kids and they don't want kids to just see it on the internet and think that you know pornography is how it's really supposed to be (laughs) What about what? you, James? Where'd you learn about it? I pretty much had the uh, the awkward talk with the Madre uh, when I was think I was like maybe four or five. Four or five? Ooh. Oh, yeah. oh, she was she was a nurse, so I mean, she explained everything in detail. Got it. So when you asked how are babies made, she just went for it. She it was full term and all all that stuff. Yeah. Wow. I actually uh, got later got the full information from my minister. Okay. He was a good friend of mine because I did a lot of stuff to church and everything, and he ended up telling me all about it. All right. Old enough to know. (laughs) So I did. (laughs) Yep. I mean, they got to learn somehow, and 
a lot of parents, you know, either don't know how to approach the topic or unfortunately there are a lot of parents who just don't do a very good job in general. And so they feel like they've got to teach it in school because kids need to know what's happening. Yep. It's 641. Time to check in on traffic now with John Thomas. Monitoring every tick of the market. Here's Jay Ratliff, day trading expert on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Jay on board here now. And the big question, Jay, is regarding the um, consumer price index and what it's going to mean for inflation because inflation has been a major problem here. It has been and continues to be. And, you know, I saw a stat that was just staggering when it talks about inflation. Talked about the U.S. dollar since 1971. It lost like 98% of its purchasing power. But I tell you what, of late, it's really, really been difficult for a lot of people because the inflation this year has really gotten to the point where it's hammering them. And uh, tomorrow, uh, we should be getting the latest uh, CPI numbers, the Consumer Price Index. This will be for November. And it's going to kind of give us an idea of the rate of inflation. Now, it, we are at a point where the general consensus is we have peaked and we're in the process of dropping back. If anything other than that is reflected tomorrow, buckle up. Uh, we're going to have some turbulence for sure because that that will go against what right now is baked into the market uh, because right now a lot of people are thinking, you know, it's peaked, it's on its way back. And, Jack, the unfortunate thought is that if it's peaked and it's on its way back, it's going to become less and less of a problem. And I'm maintaining that we are going to be fighting inflation into and through most of next year. And it's going to be something that's going to be with us. So even if it has peaked and is dropping back, you know, the ramification and the challenges ahead are still going to remain. And, of course, the consumers, people like you and I and our families are the ones that have to pay the price. Well, you look at the Christmas shopping, but those dollars are you know going to going to take more to buy what we want. But so much of it's being driven up right now by the cost of just things that we use every day: the the heating, the 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 electric, the uh, going to the store to grab some eggs and milk, those types of things. And it, it's gotten so bad in in some parts that you have people that are making decisions on what to buy because of the fact that they're on a fixed income and they can use less. It's really uh, unfortunate, and it's really disappointing that we're not seeing more uh, movement from uh, Washington, D.C. I mean, I, I'm not surprised, uh, but it's just really unfortunate because the people that are suffering are a lot of people that b- voted to put uh, you know, Biden and others in office when right now we've just got a lack of leadership. And I'm not saying that any president could have uh, you know, got us to the point where we would have been able to dodge the inflation bullet, but I can say that when you have an administration that is against, because of their policies, uh, small businesses, which is where the job creation comes from, uh, the last thing you want to do is to make it more difficult for people that own these small businesses and medium and large-sized businesses, make it more difficult for them to do their job, because all of that is going to result in higher prices that unfortunately, you know, as you've mentioned, gets passed on to all of us. Now, Jay, you say, you know, the Biden administration should be doing more. What could they do? What are, what's one or two things that they could actually do that would help this crisis? Well, you know, one of the things that they want to throw at us, Dan, is additional tax increases. And when you have that type of a situation, the first thing that you're going to see is a lot of businesses start to pull back on their hiring and laying people off. 
And unfortunately, right now, we've heard from a lot of businesses that are saying that they're going to be laying off tens of thousands of people uh, because of the concerns that they have that are coming up right now with inflation, slowing economy. And right now, there's just not a lot on the horizon that has anything that would be considered optimistic for us to look at. Uh, if you look at presidents like uh, JFK, a Democrat, you look at Reagan, you look at Trump, you look at a lot of the other Republican presidents that have gone out and said, look, the best way for us to stimulate growth is to look at trying to get some uh, tax reductions to businesses because, look, the, the businesses are what create the jobs that drive our economy. And when you start to make it more difficult for them to do their job, what you're doing is stifling the economy. Uh, the biggest thing is obviously all the jobs that have been lost in the oil and gas sector, where we've had hundreds of thousands of people that have been impacted by that at a time when we need that type of energy here in the United States more than we ever have. And what about all the tech layoffs, too? I mean, Facebook, Amazon, all these big companies laying off tens of thousands of people. Is that going to have an impact? It will be. And what we're going to end up seeing is that uh, as these jobs continue uh, to be uh, shed, if you will, it's going to really impact a lot of the job numbers reports that we're going to be seeing coming out. And the other thing, and Dana, this is probably one of the most telling things, is if we can, if we see a, a flood of available candidates in the market, it means that companies can actually afford to offer less to attract some of these qualified people. And we don't want that, because if we're fighting inflation, the last thing that we want to do is to see a reduction in that over-hourly average wage that we see that's reflected in the jobs report each, each month. Because right now, it's, it's tilted towards the side of the, uh, the employer, excuse me, the employee, going out looking for a job. We start flooding the market with a lot of these individuals, and that's going to shift. Where it's going to go right back now where the company's kind of driving the, the car and the interview and the direction of the salary. And uh, that works against us when you're talking about times of higher inflation like we have right now. Well, let's hope that something gets done in the not-too-distant future, although uh, not much of a chance of it. And, Jay, well, Jack, what are the... Me, keep in mind, Wednesday we hear from the Fed. They're going to talk about... Their, their seventh and final interest rate to increase of this year. So uh, we've got a lot of moving parts this week that investors are going to have to be limber to watch because it's going to be like watching a tennis match this week with things bouncing back and forth. So I'll have a lot more for us to discuss on Thursday. But, yeah, it's going to be an active week for sure. Yep. You want to check it out? at Before you do any investing, you want to go to daytradefund.com, and that's where you'll find – Great information from Jay Ratliff, and we'll talk to you later this week, Jay. Have a good day, my friend. Thank you. You do the same. It's 6.15. Time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. The latest headlines, weather, and traffic every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It is 6.55. On AM Tampa Bay. You got to check out our blog here at. Um, what is our blog? I've been gone so long. Oh, amchampabay.com. Amchampabay.com. A M C H A M P A.com. But we got American Girl's new woke book about gender identity has parents fuming. Is this one of those things where 
you pick your gender and all that crap. Well, it's a it's a book about um, it's a book about you know body image and for girls growing up the changes in their bodies. But then it also goes into you know it's okay if you don't feel like a girl and you can get puberty blockers from your doctor. Oh, and it's Lord. for girls ages eight to eleven. So crazy. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people not happy about that book. Yeah, and we got. Uh, Four development plans for the new Rays ballpark in the surrounding area. And, of course, ultimately the Rays are going to leave there, but well, until they do, they need someplace to play. Well, if they build up that area, though, and make it as beautiful as some of those drawings, I think they might stay. I don't think they're going to. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to spend you know millions and millions of dollars to build something there, and then the Rays are going to take off. I think that's going to try to help keep them there. Well, we're going to have to bet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, they're still trying to name that flamingo out at the airport. We saw it, of course, over the weekend coming home and going out there earlier in the week. But with the, this one from Burton Plant City, Pinky Tia. Pinky Tia? Oh, because... Yeah, T-I-A yes. is the airport. And Pinky being a very pink bird, Pinky Tia... Well, they're supposed to narrow it down to three finalists, like the top three names that the staff uh, picks, and then those are going to be up on the website, the nametheflamingo.com. At some point today, it says the voting will start today, and I believe it ends on the 16th, so by Friday. The other one somebody sent me was Flamingo. Oh, that's a good one, since too. Since it's an airport, so it's Flamingo. That's a good one. And I doubt if either one of those are part of the voting that's going to take place but nevertheless we'll wait and see tomorrow and i hope you'll join us all then as we're back to abnormal here with jack and katie and james and again we'll see you dana what did i say (laughs) oh good lord (laughs) i've been gone too long (laughs) time for another vacation (laughs) (laughs) i think so i need to get off again it's 657 on am tampa bay live it up